tithers and givers, we know that you are faithful to bless us back according to your word. We call the needs of the people in the church blessed, not only blessed and met, but abundantly blessed, abundantly met. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, receive the tithes and offerings if you would. Fellas, I'd appreciate that. And uh, you can turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. I'm going to be preaching for just a few moments this morning. I don't, I don't preach as long as I used to. I, I found that you can get just as much done in 30 minutes as you can in an hour. You understand? And I've learned this over the years that sometimes people's brains can only absorb as much as their seats can endure, you know? Is that right? <laughs> and then uh, I heard this story of a pastor who had told this certain fellow that he could give a testimony and he had uh, 15 minutes and the fellow went up to the 15 minute mark and then 20 minute mark and 30 minute mark and the pastor was getting, you know, you know, close this thing up, you know, and the guy wouldn't do it and the pastor did all the, <clears throat> you know, and all that stuff and the guy just went on 45 minutes and, and finally the pastor picked up a hymnal and threw it at the guy and the guy ducked and it hit a lady on the fr- front row and knocked her about half out and she, she kind of comes back to herself, you know, and she says, pastor, throw another one, I can still hear him. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, lest Satan, does anybody know who that is? That's the devil. Lest the devil should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, this tells us here that if we're ignorant, or that word ignorant just means unlearned. If we're unlearned about the devil's devices... What will he be able to do to us? Take advantage of us. Now, I don't want the devil to be able to take advantage of any of us. And so there are certain devices that he uses that we do not want to be ignorant of. Because if we're ignorant of them, unlearned of them, then we'll be taken advantage of by the devil. Now, two Sundays ago, we talked about the power of Jesus' blood. And last Sunday, we saw how and why... Christians need to keep that blood applied to their lives, not as it pertains to the salvation issue, but as it pertains to having power upon your mind and upon your hands and upon your feet. Remember that? Remember How many remembers last week where we looked at that Old Testament type where they applied the blood to the tip of the right ear, to the to the thumb of the right hand, and to the big toe of the right foot? Remember that? And then as a result of the blood being applied then the power of God would come, you know, and and we'd have power upon our ear gates and our eye gates and on our mind and on our hands, what we do on our feet, where we go. Does anybody remember from last week how we activate the blood of Jesus? Does anybody remember how that's through our what? Through our... Through our confession, right? Through through the word of our testimony, through our confession. So we talked about that last week. But now today I want to center in specifically on our thumbs... And big toes. <laughs> Thumbs and big toes. Now, 
Now, isn't that, that's a good screen, isn't it? Thumbs and toes. So we're talking about thumbs and toes here today. We want to center in a little more on that. You say, Pastor, what, thumbs and toes. What? Well, listen to this and we'll see one of the devil's devices and how he operates. And if we're ignorant of this, he'll be able to do what? To take advantage of us. So let's, let's look at, at, at one of his devices. Go to the book of Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1, another Old Testament type here that, that gives us, that, 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 that is a type of a, a New Testament truth here. Judges 1 verse 4, Judges, the book of Judges chapter 1 verse 4, talking about thumbs and big toes here. Let's look at this, one of the devil's devices, Judges chapter 1, do you have that? And verse 4. Then Judah, that's the people of God, went up and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. And they killed 10,000 men at Bezek. And they found Adonai Bezek, that was a, a, a king, a man. They found Adonai Bezek in Bezek and fought against him. And they, the people of God, defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Then Adonai Bezek fled... And they, the people of God, pursued him and caught him. And notice what they did when they caught him. What did they do? They cut off his what? His thumbs and his big toes. So they cut off both of his thumbs and both of his big toes. And Adonai Bezek said, now this was an evil king. This was a, a man who is a type of the devil. And notice what he said after he had his thumbs and his big toes cut off. He said this. He said, 70 kings, talking about godly kings here, no doubt. 70 kings with their what? With their thumbs and big toes cut off, used to gather scraps under my table. So what did this evil king used to do to other kings? What did he do? He cut off their what? thumbs and big toes and as a result these other kings were doing what gathering scraps from underneath his table is that right and then he says this as I have done as I have done so God has now repaid me now he has his thumbs and toes cut off they brought him to Jerusalem and there he died now, again, I want to say this, this, this king, this evil king, Adonai Bezek, a type of the devil, he did to these other kings. Now, what did he do again? He cut off their thumbs and their big toes. And as a result, what were they doing? Eating scraps from underneath his table. Now, you say, why did he cut off their thumbs and big toes? Well, without their thumbs, think about this. Without your thumb, think about picking up a sword. Without your thumbs, you can't use a sword. So you're going to be defeated in battle. And think about your big toes. If your big toes are cut off, it's impossible to maintain your balance and stand. Are almost impossible, very difficult. So that's why they'd cut their thumbs off. They'd cut their thumbs off so they couldn't use their sword and fight, defend themselves, or attack. 
and they'd cut their toes off because with the big toes cut off, it's very difficult to maintain balance and to stand. Now the devil is using this same device on God's kings today. If you're here today and you're born again, the Bible says that you're a king and a priest. Is that right? So being a king of God, now Jesus is the king of kings, but through him and, 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 and you know, through Christ, we're kings and priests, you know, as a result of what he's done for us. But you see, the devil's doing the same thing to us today. That's one of his devices. And if we're ignorant of his devices, he's going to be able to do what? To take advantage of us. So the devil's cutting off our spiritual thumbs, if you will, and our spiritual big toes. You see, he cuts off our spiritual thumbs so we won't be able to use the sword of the spirit. What is the sword of the spirit? The word of God. And he cuts off our spiritual big toes so that we won't be able to maintain our balance And thus, we won't be able to make a stand for God or a stand against the devil. Now, notice, if you would, in Ephesians chapter 6. Go there, if you would, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, if you would, please. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13. The Bible says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to what? To stand, stand therefore. Well, to stand, you're going to need your big toes, aren't you? And then he talks about having girded your waist with truth, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one. And then notice verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the what? The what? The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So why do we need our spiritual big thumbs? Our big thumbs. (laughs) You know what I meant. Why do we need our spiritual thumbs? Because we need to be able to handle the word of God, the sword of the spirit. Amen? Is that right? Why do we need our big toes so that we'll be able to what? To stand. You okay? You all right? Now the devil does not, let's talk a little bit about the sword cutting off of the thumbs. Why? Why does the devil cut our spiritual thumbs off so that we won't be able to use the sword of the spirit, the word of God? Now, You see, the devil wants to strip us of the word of God because you see, just listen to a few reasons why the devil wants to cut our, our, our thumbs off so that we won't be able to use the sword of the spirit, the word of God, because the word of God is what produces faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is what receives from God. If the devil can get the word, then he strips us of that. The word of God is spiritual food and water. Remember, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible says the church is cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. So if the devil can cut our thumbs off, we won't be able to use the word of God, which is our spiritual food and water. The Bible carries the anointing, the word of God, the sword of the spirit carries the anointing, the power of God, which brings healing and deliverance. The word of God, the sword of the spirit brings guidance. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? A light unto my path. It's the word of God. It's the Bible that God endorses. It's what he watches over to perform. 
if the devil can cut our thumbs off, then we won't be able to handle the word of God. We won't be able to properly handle the word of God. The Bible talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. Without your spiritual thumbs, you might be able to handle a sword a little bit, but you won't be able to handle it skillfully. And the Bible says we're supposed to be skillful in the word of God. That's why the devil wants to get our thumbs cut off so that we won't be able to handle the word of God and we certainly won't be able to handle it rightly or skillfully, you see. And you have to think about something else. As we read that list there of the armory of God, uh, all of those pieces of his armory, the helmet of salvation and all of that, you know, a breastplate of righteousness, all of those are defensive pieces there's only one offensive piece and what is it it's the sword of the spirit the word of god the only thing that we have to cut the devil's thumbs and big toes off with did you ever think about that that's why he wants to cut our thumbs off so that we can't take the word of god and cut his off did you hear me now i understand that jesus defeated the devil through his death burial and resurrection real loud say amen But you understand the devil is still out there, isn't he? Even though he's a defeated foe, Jesus said, occupy. We're an occupying force. He said, occupy till I come. So what we have to do is take the word of God and hold the devil at bay. You understand that? And and if the devil cuts our thumbs off, then we're not going to be able to take our offensive weaponry, the word of God, and hold him at bay. Do you understand that? How many of you understand that? So you see why the devil tries to cut off our thumbs so we'll not be able to skillfully and rightly handle the word of God and certainly we won't be able to to cut the devil's thumbs off or his toes off big toes off if we can't handle the word of God skillfully now you might say pastor you know you know you've talked about the devil cutting our thumbs off spiritually but how does he do it well look at mark the fourth chapter and we'll see how he actually does it There's much we could say about this, but this is the primary way in which I believe the devil dismantles the body of Christ of their spiritual thumbs so that they'll not be able to handle the word of God properly, the sword of the spirit. Look at Mark, the fourth chapter and the 14th verse. Mark 4.14, Jesus, our Lord is speaking. He says, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones, verse 15, Mark 4.15, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. See, he's coming for something. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. See, he's after that word. He doesn't want us to be able to handle that word. So he's trying to cut our thumbs off. But let's see more specifically how he does it. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time afterward when what? When tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Well, we're talking about thumbs here, but if your big toes are cut off, you're going to stumble, aren't you? But let's go on here, verse 18. But you see tribulation, persecution for the word's sake. Have any of you ever made a stand on the word of God and, and, and the devil has brought, brought tribulation, persecution against you? Has that ever happened to anybody besides me? See, what's he doing there? He, he's, he's trying to cut our thumbs off, our big toes off. Now look at verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the what, the what, the what, the 
cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things entering in do what? Choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Now, what do the cares of the world do? What does the the deceitfulness of riches do? The desires for other things entering in. What do these things do? They choke the word. We could say it this way. That's how the devil cuts off our what? Our thumbs. How many of you have ever made a decision to make a stand on the word of God and all of a sudden the cares of the world come in? The deceitfulness of riches, the desires of other things. You're trying to serve God, but something came up. Has something ever come up in your life? Something came up. I couldn't do this for God because what? Something came up. I couldn't, I couldn't make that thing for God because what? Something came up. I couldn't do this that I promised God I would do because... Because what? You know, something's always going to come up, isn't it? Did you know that? Why, does, why is that? Why does something always come up? You think that happens by accident? No, it's a plan of the devil. What's he trying to do? He's trying to choke the word. He's trying to cut off our spiritual what? Our thumbs so that we won't be able to skillfully handle the word of God. Didn't it say here it chokes the word? Is that right? So we've talked about thumbs. Now let's talk about the big toes. How does the devil spiritually cut off our big toes? Well, we said through... You know, verse 17, their tribulation, persecution, they, they stumble. It causes us to stumble, certainly. But how does the devil spiritually cut off our big toes, affecting our balance and our ability to stand? Well, there's two things. We're allowed to say two things. There, there's two things that I believe the devil does to spiritually cut off our big toes, thus making our balance difficult and our ability to stand difficult. First is this. We said two things. First is this. By driving us to extremes on Bible truths. By driving us to extremes on Bible truths. Getting us completely out of balance. If your big toes are cut off, you're going to be out of what? Out of balance. How does the devil do that? this? By driving us to extremes on Bible truths. Getting us into the ditch on one side of the road are the other as it pertains to the Bible. Did you know the devil does not want you balanced as it pertains to the, to the Bible? He wants you in one ditch or the other. He wants to keep you out of the middle of the road. What do you mean, pastor? Give me some examples. Okay, here's an example. Health and healing. Health and healing. One ditch is, some will say that you're sick for the glory of God. How many of you know that's not right? But that's a ditch on one side. And you know, some people really believe that if you're sick all the time, you're right in the middle of the will of God and it's for his glory. On the, on the other side of the road, on the other side of the road, if you're sick, people will say you've committed a sin. There's some sin, some sin you've committed to cause the sickness, you know. Now, sometimes sin is a reason for sickness, but, but sometimes it, it isn't. The, per, the devil's, how many of you know the devil's a creep and sometimes he just goes around and attacks good people? Is that right? But you see, there's a ditch on either side of the road. Uh, here's, a, here's another example. Some people will tell you that you should never use a good hospital, a good doctor, or a good medicine. Is that right? 
How many of you know there are some out there that say that if you really believe God, you should never ever go to the doctor? How many of you know that's a ditch on one side of the road? Huh? And then there's some people that just, you know, when, when, when sickness hits, uh, they don't even consider God. Immediately they think about the doctor and the hospital. Is that right? How many of you know that, that you need to stay balanced? You see, I believe in the power of God. I also believe in good hospitals, good doctors, and good medicines. See, we need to stay balanced. Otherwise, if, if we're in one of those ditches or the other, what's it a sign of? It's a sign that our big toes have been what? Cut off. Is that right? You okay? How many of you believe in the power of God for healing? How many of you also believe in taking advantage of good hospitals, doctors, and medicines? I do. I think you ought to turn to God first, believe him, and then know that those hospitals, doctors, and medicines are there at the hand of God to help you. Is that okay? Is that good? See, real loud, say that's balance. It's balance. See, that's one thing I've always tried to do as a pastor, is I've always tried to keep this church balanced. Here's another example, finances. Do you know some people believe that to be in the perfect will of God, you have to be broke all the time? Is that right? The poorer you are, the more godly you are. But you know there's a ditch on the other side of the road too, isn't there? And and some will tell you that that unless you're rich and you have diamond rings and gold watches and Mercedes Benzes and this and that mansions, that unless unless you have that, that you're not in the will of God. How many of you know that, that that's true? There's a ditch on either side of the road. But we want to be balanced on it. See, I believe that God wants to prosper us. He, the Bible says he takes prosperity, he takes pleasure at the prosperity of his servant. And I believe in provision. I believe in, in all of that. I just don't believe that that should be the emphasis where we put our emphasis. We ought to put our emphasis on soul winning and loving people and helping people. Can you say amen? amen. And not spend, you need to be careful of any minister or ministry that, that puts emphasis overemphasizes prosperity and money. Did you hear me? Just need to be cautious of those. There, need, there needs to be a balance, you see. And, and so if the devil has cut somebody's big toe off, big toes off, they're going to be in a ditch on one side of the other. How about experiencing problems in your life? Some say that unless you have problems going on all the time, you're, you're not in the will of God. Others will say, that to be in, if you're really in the will of God, you won't ever have any problems. How many of you know neither one of those is right? Is that right? I've learned this. You get in the will of God, you're going to have some problems. But I've learned this too. If you're out of the will of God, you're going to have some problems. Is that right? So, so, but the point I'm trying to make is, I know when my wife and I attended Bible school, there were people there that everything was going good for and everything was wonderful. And they said, well, see, we're in the perfect will of God. Everything's going smooth. And then others were, you know, having turbulent times. Things weren't going so good for them. And they said, well, see, we're in the perfect will of God because after all, the apostle Paul, you know, he was in the will of God. He had trouble. The thing of it is, is that in either case, whether you're in the will of God or not, you're going to have some issues. And you get in the will of God, the devil's really going to fight you. But here's what I say. Get in the will of God. Walk in the will of God. The devil's going to show up. You, you know he's going to show up. But submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Isn't that a good balanced position to be in? 
Here's another example, grace versus holy living. Some people will say, well, we have the grace of God so we can live any way we want. How many of you know that's not right? That's a ditch, isn't it? That's what they accused the Apostle Paul of saying. And his response to that was saying, God forbid. Is is that correct? And then you'll have other people that'll be in the ditch over here and they'll say, well, it's my holy living that's going to get us, get me into heaven. How many of you know that's not right either? Neither one of those is is correct. But you see, what we need to do here is understand that our access to, to heaven is through the grace of God and only through the grace of God. But as a result of that grace, that grace, it not only saves us, but it empowers us to live holy for which we'll be rewarded at the judgment seat of Christ. Can can you say amen? See, so you you want balance. Tithing versus working. Ditch on either side. I've watched people over the years that that they've run on financial issues and problems in their life. So they're going to say, well, you know, I've got to get finances here. So I'm going to just tithe and give, tithe and give, tithe and give. And I've watched them. I've watched them already. They're going to tithe and give, tithe, and they don't work. And guess what? They, they go bankrupt. Did you hear what I just said? Then you get people on the, other, on the other ditch. Well, the tithing and the giving didn't work, so we're going to stop that. And guess what they do? They're going to work 18 hours a day, eight days a week. Did you, you didn't get the humor there. That's okay. You all are smart enough. You know there's seven days. But you understand what I'm saying. They're just going to work, 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 work. How many of you know that? And I've watched them too. And they, and they don't get ahead. You have to have the spiritual and the natural go in balance together, you see. Did you hear what I just said? The Bible says if a person doesn't work, they don't eat. And you need to work, 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 work. You need to work, but you need to do the working in balance. And you need to budget, but then you also need to be a tither and a giver. And like I said, you get the natural and the... And I got this off of a good minister. If you get the natural and the supernatural working together, then you've got an explosive force for God. See, you have to balance these things out. Real loud, say balance. Balance. And I could go on and on. The devil and demons. Some people will tell you that 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 the devil's that there's a demon around every corner. That the devil's always, you know, always, you know, the if the the refrigerator goes out, the devil knocked it out. Well, it may be that it's twenty years old and it just got old. Is that right? Did you hear what I just said? I mean, everything's the devil's fault. Everything's the de- did you you know what I mean? And the, and the ditch on the other side of the road. Well, the devil, you know, he, he doesn't even exist. Some will say. See, neither of those is correct. We need to bow. There is a devil out there. He does wreak havoc and he does try to cause problems. So there is a devil. But I just don't believe that there's just a demon around every corner. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? And so we run with God. And the devil shows up, we resist him, and he flees. And so, do you get what I'm saying? We need, real loud, say balance. And I could go on and on and on. You know, spiritual warfare. Some will say, well, Jesus defeated the devil, which he did. And we don't need to do anything about the devil. Jesus defeated him. And others will say that we have to, and some have done this, not in this church, but they come to church dressed in army outfits to war against the devil. Some have gone up in skyscrapers to try to get up in those higher places in the sky to try to war against the devil. How many of you know that's a ditch? Either of those are ditches. 
What's the balance point? What, what does a person that has their big toes intact spiritually, what does a person say that there is a devil? Jesus defeated him through his death, burial, and resurrection. But yet the devil is out there, as I said a moment ago. Jesus said, occupy till I come. The devil is defeated. Praise God. But we stand up in our armor in the name of Jesus and we hold him at bay. That's a real loud say balance. See, that's a good balanced position to be in. The Jewish topic. Some people will say, God has forsaken the Jews and he's done with Israel. How many of you know that's not right? And other people, I've watched this over the years, they try to turn their church into a synagogue and they go through all of the Old Testament feasts and all the Old Testament ritual. And that's not right. Did you hear me? There's a balance in the middle of the road. You know, we, you get saved, you're a spiritual Jew. We should respect the Jews. God hasn't forsaken the Jews. God loves the Jews. They're his chosen people and we're his chosen people in Christ. And, but, but we don't have to become like they were in the Old Testament. That's why Jesus came, so we don't have to do that anymore. But yet we respect what they did. Do you understand there's a balance in this? Real loud, say balance. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Some of you may not realize, but I've already seen it already, where I already had a man come through here many years ago, and he wanted me to basically turn this church into a synagogue, so to speak. Because he, had, you know, he, he respected the Jewish people, and he wanted all of their, their customs and everything to be done here in the services. But see, we're not under the old covenant, we're under the what? The new so we respect the Jewish people, we love them, and we're for them, and, and, and all of that, but we're in the new covenant. See, so there, there's a balance on it. One other example that I've watched over the years, a ditch on either side of the road, that some people, see, and I, I've dealt with this, some people want this church services to just tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, laying on of hands, people running, people falling, people rolling, people jumping, people shouting, people crying, people laughing. And some will say that unless you have that going on, you, have, you don't have a move of God. Now, how many of you know that's not so? I, I believe in all of those things, but those things need to be done as the spirit of God's moving in balance. Is that right? And you got other people that'll say, well, no, we're not going to have any, we're not going to have any of that. We're just going to have a 30, you know, a 30 minute, we're going to have 15 minutes of worship, 20 minutes of preaching and dismiss and beat the Baptist to the McDonald's. You, you understand what I'm saying? How many of you know that's not right either? I said, that's not right either. How many of you know that's not right either? How many of you know that's not right either? See, I remember when we first started the church uh, many years ago, uh, actually once we moved into this building, we had two sections of seats, an aisle down the middle, and, and I, I, was in, I had quite a predicament because I had about half the church at that time, they wanted these quote-unquote Holy Ghost type services where people were dancing and running and, you know, and all of that. And I believe in that as the Spirit moves. And then I had the other side of the church that they wanted to just, just teach the word, give us just the teaching, just the teaching, and, 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 and that's all we want. And so it was interesting as I would come in because I try to stay balanced. So when I'd come in and just teach the word of God, thank God for that. And I had half the church amen in me. The other chat, half just kind of sat there and because they wanted to run in and to jump in. And then the days where I'd come in and start teaching the word of God and the spirit of God would take hold and we'd begin to flow in the gifts of the spirit. Then I had this side of the church. They were all excited and the people that just wanted the teaching of the word, they'd just sit there and look at me like that. That's quite a predicament, isn't it? 
But you know what I did in that hour? I sought the Lord about it. And here's what I did. I, I, I decided that we need to please God rather than man. And we need to flow with the Lord. Amen. And some days I'd come in and I'd teach. Some days I'd come in and I'd teach. And we'd just flow with the Spirit. But notice, what did I say? We always taught, didn't we? We always keep the Word there. And I'd come in and, 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 and you know what? what we did? We lost some of the... Well, what happened? We lost some of the people in the ditch on either side. And I always said it like this. We kept the same people in the middle of the road. Amen. Can you say Amen. And so now we have a middle section. That's for all the sane people. That's where you're at. Okay. You doing okay? Real loud, say balance. Do you understand what we're talking about? So what's the first thing he does to try to get our big toes cut off? He tries to drive us to extremes on biblical truths. What's the second thing that he does? And the final thing that I believe he does to try to cut off our big toes is he causes us to be lukewarm. Real loud, say lukewarm. Yeah, lukewarm. Not hot or cold, lukewarm. According to Jesus, it would be better to be cold than lukewarm. Is that right? Didn't he say, I would that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Didn't he say that over in the book of Revelation? But the devil tries to get us to be lukewarm so that we won't take a stand for God and we won't take a stand against the devil. Someone said long ago, if we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. You see, we know the devil has cut off our big toes if we're not making a stand, a balanced stand for Bible truths. We must make a stand that the Bible is the word of God. We must make a stand that there is a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, the Lord Jesus, and God the precious Holy Spirit. Three individual separate persons, yet one, three in one. Explain it. I I, I can't explain it. I don't believe the human mind can grasp it. Three in one. Three distinct persons, yet one, uh, the Trinity. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son, the Lord Jesus. I believe in God the Holy Spirit. See, I take a stand on that. I take a stand that the second member of the Trinity became human and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus. We need to make a stand that, that God became flesh and that Jesus was born of a virgin. Can anybody say amen? You know, there's a lot of places in this land don't make that stand. This is a ministry that preaches heaven holy and hell hot. I believe in a literal heaven and I believe in a literal hell. I believe in eternal blessing for the believer in Jesus and I believe in eternal judgment for those who reject Christ. I take a stand for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus is still baptizing people in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I refuse to put the Holy Spirit in the back room. Say amen, somebody. 
Some years ago, I made the statement that, you know, because I guess it was more prevalent at the time, I guess it still goes on today, I know that it does, that people put the Holy Ghost in the back room, and I made the statement, I said, we're not putting, because sometimes you might have some visitors that come, and they might be offended by the Holy Spirit, and and so we're going to put the Holy Spirit in the back room, and I said, no, we're not putting the Holy Spirit in the back room, if somebody's offended by the Holy Spirit, we'll put them in the back room. I didn't mean that ugly, but you know what? I've had visitors come through and we love visitors. And they've told me we'll see you next week and I haven't seen them since. But the Holy Ghost, every time I pull on the parking lot, he always meets me. Hallelujah, praise God. So we love visitors. We're, we we, 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 we want to make them feel welcome and all of that. I've said this for years. I want visitors when they come, particularly if they're not saved, I want them to always feel welcome in this church, but I never want them to feel comfortable until they get saved. Amen? Is that a good way to say it? But I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the healing power of God. I believe that Jesus is still healing people. I believe in angels. I believe in demons. I believe that angels are more powerful than demons. Can you say amen? I believe that Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. How many of you ready for him to come? I said he's coming soon. All the signs are in place. He could come at any time where the Lord descends from heaven with a shout. Amen. Glory to God. Did in Christ rise first and we here live and remain or change. Caught up to be with the Lord. I'm excited about that. I believe that. I teach that. I preach that. Because it's, it's Bible. Amen. And we could go on and on and on. I take a stand that I believe abortion is murder. And without getting into all the details of it, simply put, I'm against abortion. Homosexuality. Listen, just like fornication, adultery. What is fornication? That's a man and a woman who aren't married having sexual relations. What's adultery? That's when a man and a woman... One of them's married and they're having sexual relations with someone they're not married to. What's homosexuality? That's a man having sex with a man or a woman having sex with a woman. I believe all of that is sin. Simply put. And if somebody's here and you're bound in, 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 by any of that, look, I love you. That's why I told you the truth. See, we live in a nation today where nobody wants to take... I say nobody. There's not as many want to take a stand for anything as they used to, particularly in the pulpits. It's really sad, isn't it? When you see a ministry that won't take a stand, when you see a preacher that won't take a stand, when you see a Christian that won't take a stand for anything, they're going to fall. If they won't take a stand for something, they're going to fall for anything and what do you know what do you know now that when you see someone that won't take a stand you know the devil has cut off their big toes spiritually speaking of course so in conclusion let's be aware of the devil's devices let's not allow him to take advantage of us let's not allow him to cut off our thumbs and our big toes and wind up eating scraps from underneath the devil's table. I don't want to eat the devil's scraps, do you? 
Let us keep Jesus' blood, as we said last week, as we taught you last week. Let's keep his blood and, and the power of God applied to our thumbs and our, and our big toes. And let's stand firm, balanced on the word of God. Let us take the sword of the spirit and cut the devil's thumbs and big toes off. Can you say amen? As he's tried to do to us, let's turn it around. Let's take the sword of the spirit and let's cut him. Let's cut his thumbs off. Let's cut his big toes off. Amen. And let us pull up to the table God has prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. And let the devil eat our scraps from from underneath God's table. Amen. Do you get anything out of this today? Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Hallelujah. We got our point across, didn't we? Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. And as your people have come to your house today to worship you and to hear your word and have honored you, I know that you'll honor them in return because that's just the way you are. And we're just so grateful for it. Now, the head's bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you've never repented of your sins, that means you've never turned from your sinful life. You've never asked Jesus into your life and received him as your personal savior. Do that before you leave here today. There'll be some men and women standing up here in the front right right after we're dismissed. In fact, they're coming up here now. If you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, there is a heaven above, there is a hell beneath. When you die, the only way to miss hell and make heaven is to have made a decision for Jesus Christ. So don't leave here today if you've never done that. When we dismiss, walk up to the front and ask one of these nice people to pray with you and they'll be happy to do so. If, you need, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, you need to be baptized with the Spirit. Now that won't make you, that won't, that, that you, you don't have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit speaking tongues to go to heaven, but without it, you'll not have the power of God in your life like he wants you to have. Maybe you need healing in your body. These people, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people healed. Have we gotten everyone healed? No, but we've got a bunch of them those that'll come with a believing heart and faith, they'll pray for you. Maybe you just need somebody to talk to, somebody to pray with. That's why these people, that's why God has these people up here, okay? So when we dismiss, if you need them for anything of what we've just said here, come on forward. Come on forward and they'll be happy to pray with you. If you need them, if you need $10,000, this man here, Curtis Brown, he'll, he'll help you out. So, it's all right if we have a little laugh. <laughs> he'll tell you to come see me, right? <laughs> isn't Jesus wonderful? He's wonderful, isn't he? How many of you glad you came to church today? I'm glad I came. Hey, greet a couple of people, love on them. And hey, tonight, six o'clock, come if you can. Prayer, faith, and healing. And then Wednesday night, the women's meeting at seven. God bless you. You're dismissed.